Good morning, everybody. Let's turn this off. How is your day? Happy Tuesday. The moon is huge. I don't know what it is. I woke up and it was staring right in my face. It's crazy. Um, you guys, it's going to be a beautiful week. We're going to start in Matthew. God wants me to go there. We are going to learn about Jesus. You and I are all going to walk through the beautiful story, the example of how we are supposed to be in this world. He was the living example. He died loving us. He had that feeling, I'm doing it because I love you. It's, it's hard for people to fathom because could you die with love in your heart while they were sitting there yelling at you, calling you names? Probably not. But I get it because I would do it. I am that person. God has created me in a way where I would die for people. I have taken things in love. And it was all right because I understood that they didn't know any better. Hmm. Thank you, God, for that lesson. My daughter. Oh, should I share this? I'm going to share this. You guys, it's been a recovery for my children too. Um, my children used to carry responsibilities that were supposed to be mine because I didn't understand how to be the right parent to them. You know, do as I say, not as I do. You should do the right thing because you know what's right and wrong. That's the kind of parent I was. I was like oh, most parents, but that's not right. I expected my children to listen to me and they weren't allowed to rise up. Otherwise, it was disrespectful. Never allowing your children to correct you means they'll never tell you what you're doing wrong to them. So it's been a beautiful journey with my children. My daughter, you know, she's coming through being able to express a lot of emotions. She's had some bad days. She wrote me a letter last night, drew me a picture, a meme. <laughs> she gave it to me. She took off running. She goes, here you go. She goes, boom, gone. She goes, dear mom, I'm sorry for the attitude lately. It's been hard for me. I feel useless. So I go on runs and I go outside or I go somewhere. I just want to say that I hate most of what happened to Brendan, that I hate most of what happened um, to Brendan and Vincent. I'm happy about it though. It helped me grow. I'm so grateful and proud of you and the growth this year. I'm grateful for the bills the food, the hard work, your smile, <laughs> trying to stay happy and calm for us. It's so amazing, and I know I don't show it much, but I do care. Want to make sure you live like the fullest with some to no regrets. I'm always here to listen. Bailey W. 
when she said that, I feel useless. It's because she was so used to playing the mother role her entire life. She's been doing mother duties. And I can't deny it. She was cleaning house, cooking. She doesn't do that at my house anymore. I want to specify that. A child at age should not be doing wifely duties. A child at age should not be doing those things and it's incorrect. somebody that'll understand what I'm saying those were the things I didn't like that were irritating me because when a child gets sucked into doing the duties that are not her place she gets misled from where she's supposed to go because see my daughter is going through trying to figure out who she is now she feels useless because she grew up doing everything instead of being herself. She's not used to just getting to be herself, so she feels guilty doing it. She's being vulnerable by expressing it to me. I love my daughter because I've been quite brutally honest with her with a lot of emotions. That's why she said she was always there to listen. We spent a lot of time talking in her room. She's coming out of her, her own internal turmoil. She was bound. She was bound down by her love for me to do things that she really, her soul didn't want to do. She did them because she thought it was the right thing. She is finding herself. Staying up late. Their friends on the phone. Doing teenage girl stuff. The things she's supposed to be doing. Hmm. It's beautiful. So I wanted to share that before we got any further. Because see, when she says she's had an attitude, I don't see it that way. She's coming out of finding herself. She, has to, she used to have to be mother. She used to have to do all these things. She's not angry or doesn't have an attitude she's growing she has to express you know her emotions somewhere and guess what she gets to express them to me and I don't hold her back I don't ever hold my children back from saying the things they need to say to me ever so you guys dear God be with me this is the chapter changed everything. I know you will speak, be speaking through me. I want to make sure that you say everything you need to say the way it needs to be said. 
So there's some people that need to hear this. I knew somebody once. talked about the story of Jesus coming into the temple and flipping tables over where the Pharisees were allowing people to exchange money within the temple of God. See, the Pharisees were using God's word and twisting it for their selfish gain. How did this person put this story to me? He said, Jesus was like a little baby going in there flipping tables. I knew when he told me that way, he didn't get it. Jesus wasn't being a baby. Jesus was doing the right thing. You don't change money in the temple of God. Exchange it. Sorry, exchange it. For selfish gain. You worship God there. You don't make money there. Jesus was a renegade, telling the truth. He was showing the pharaohs, God doesn't like what you're doing. That you are using his word for your selfish gain. Jesus stood up against everyone and did the right thing. He's not acting as a child. He's being a man of God. He's being a kingdom man. For anybody who wants to grow in their life as a man, it's not enough to just be a good man. You have to be a kingdom man. And that takes work. Google it. I've, I've educated myself in the workings of a kingdom man. I know what one looks like. And they're rare. They're very rare. Jesus was a kingdom man. So when this guy, <laughs> this mere man, and we were him, a mere man who did not understand who Jesus was and what he was doing. And he said that. He was just like everybody else. I laughed on the inside. So you guys, Matthew. Matthew is the gospel written to the Jews, by the Jews to the Jews about a Jew. Matthew, the writer, is a country... Uh, his countrymen are the readers and Jesus Christ is the subject. Matthew's design is to present Jesus as the king of Jews, the long-awaited Messiah, through a carefully selected series of Old Testament quotations. Matthew documents Jesus Christ's claim to be Messiah. His genealogy, baptism, messages, and miracles all point to the same inescapable conclusion Christ is king even in his death seemingly defeat is turned into victory by resurrection 
and the message again echoes forth. The King of Jews lives. At an early date, this gospel was given the title Kata Matheon, and that means according to Matthew, and I could be pronouncing that wrong. As this title suggests, other gospel accounts were known at the same time. The word of gospel was added later. Matthew, gift of the Lord, also surnamed Levi, Mark, and Luke. Because see, Matthew was Matthew was the core account of what happened to Jesus. But then you have Luke's account and you have John's account of what happened. There are different chapters in the Bible later on where you get somebody else's perspective on what happened to Jesus. But this is the core. Matthew is the core of what happened to Jesus. It's the main course. But you will have around it the other chapters that you will hear about the same thing, but you have people's different perspective. What John saw was different than what came from this story. Versus Levi, all it tells. There's added stuff. There's hidden jewels in those, in reading other people's perspective, what, what happened. What a beautiful thing. So guys, chapter one. What does chapter one go for? Is. the topic of the genealogy the book of genealogy of jesus christ the son of david the son of abraham abraham begot isaac isaac begot jacob jacob begot judah and his brothers judah begot perez and zerah by tamar you remember tamar she had to Forced Judah's hand because he wouldn't do the right thing. Perez begot Hezron, and Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Ammon Adab, and Ammonadab begot Nashon, and Nashon begot Salam. Salam begot Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Boaz and Ruth, greatest love story. Greatest love story. <sighs> Obeb begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king. David the king begot Solomon, by her whom had been the wife of Urah. Solomon begot Rehoboam, Rehoboam begot Abijah, and Abijah begot Azza. Azza begot Josephat, and Josephat begot Joram, and Joram begot Uzzah. Uzzah. There we go. Uzzah begot Jotham. Jotham begot Ahaz, and Ahaz begot Hazah. Hazah begot Manasseh. And Manasseh begot Ammon, and Ammon begot Joseph, and Joseph begot Jekiah, and his brothers about the time were carried away to Babylon. And after they were brought to Babylon, there was other people. This is the line of where it came to 
Jesus. And I can't continue all these names. They, I'm going to tongue twirl. But it comes down to where there came Joseph, who was the husband of Mary, whom was born Jesus called Christ. It all came down to Joseph and Mary. Okay. And so we'll begin at verse 17. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David until the captivity in Babylon are 14 generations. And from the captivity of Babylon until the Christ are 14 generations. Now the birth of Jesus Christ is as followed. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. This means before they before they slept together and consummated the marriage. They had agreed to be married, but she became impregnated by the Holy Spirit. And for any of you wondering how that is possible, believe it. God can make things happen. He's done things in my eyes that would twist the human mind. You would never believe it. That is possible. God can stop things within the flesh and he can make you do things in the flesh. Um, he has that kind of control. He can give you things and he can take them away. That's what happens. God has control like that and he does it for a greater purpose. He doesn't do it because he wants to do it and it's fun. He does it because it's serving a greater purpose. Then Joseph, her husband, being just a man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you take you mary your wife for that of which is conceived in her of the holy spirit because see he was doing the right thing by hiding her but he was still confused that she was pregnant that was very confusing see god made it right and he came to him and told him i did those things believe it and allow it and she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name jesus and he will save his people from their sins. So all of this was done. That might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. He was the first one. Who have ever had the kingdom reside within him where God could flow through him anytime he wanted I get it how God went to people and commanded them but they were never truly cleansed pure they were they never God never resided within them he just spoke to them and directed them. There's a difference. 
Jesus was the first one that went through what it took to be sanctified in God's love so that God could reside within him and help Jesus do what he needed to do for the greater good. I know because I did those things. Understand it. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took him to took him his wife, took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Should I read? Should I read the next? I'm going to read the next chapter. Okay. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. I just saw that star. I got to see the star that called those three wise men to Jesus. I saw it. I got to see it. <laughs> so beautiful. It's the little things, you guys. It's the little things in my life. Um, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judah, thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they had come into the house they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him when they opened their treasures they presented gifts to him gold frank incense and myrrh that's that's incense that's a scent I have that as an, an oil I may want to burn that today hmm then, being divinely warned in the dream they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now, when they had departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will, will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. And... There until the death of Herod, it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Meaning, Jesus 
was going to reside in Egypt until God called him. When Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all male children who were in Bethlehem in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jer Jeremiah, the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Now when Herod was dead, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the child and his mother, and came to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judah instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in the city of Nazareth, and it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. And that was chapter 2, you guys. So God wanted a little extra today. Bethlehem. I felt it when I saw it. God used that to direct people to validate to Joseph and Mary what was going on. Because it's scary. I can imagine Joseph looking at this girl like, you're supposed to be a virgin and now you're pregnant. But something in his soul told him that I just, this isn't, something isn't right. It's not making sense. I can't just be angry at her. So he did the right thing and hit her. God came to him and told him what was going on. Joseph believed that. But I can imagine people were sitting there wondering, like, what happened? And when Jesus was born, those three wise men came forward and presented that and marked something for Joseph and Mary, validated within them to know that this is really going to happen. Because when God calls on you to do things, nobody else really sees it but you. And so there are times you can feel like, am I crazy? Like, did I imagine all of this? And God will use moments like that to verify and validate and keep it moving. Like, trust the process. This is supposed to be. And even as a baby, people wanted him dead. God was in the works all along. He already knew. And the wise men obeyed, and the parents submitted to the way of God. 
They didn't go their way. I doubt that was the life Joseph and Mary dreamed when they were born, but that was the way that God commanded them, so they submitted and obeyed. How beautiful. And that is the way it is with God. When you start serving your purpose, what you thought you may be doing isn't really what God has planned. I never thought I would be here this moment in my life. I never thought it. I would have never even dreamed. I didn't even know this existed. I thought the Bible was fake. But I get it now. And it's interesting, as a child, when I went to church, one of my favorite churches was a Nazarene church. I was very connected to that place. Very much connected. In fact, I was first baptized 10, 11, in a Nazarene church. I didn't understand the baptism then. I did it because my stepfather wanted us to be baptized. It looked good for him to do right in the church. But it wasn't a true baptism for me. I mean, I remember it, but it didn't mean anything to me. God baptized me himself at one point in time. And then I had a public baptism. And that meant something. When you get baptized, you're giving your life to God. Hmm. So you guys, that is the first two chapters of Matthew. How beautiful. I want you to see these were the words coming directly out of the Bible. There's a difference in what comes directly out of the Bible versus what people preach. You hear people talk about a manger in a stable, hay, all this stuff. That's not in here. This is God's word. This isn't it's the New King James Version. It's not the King James Version. But it's not twisted. This isn't quite what people preach. It doesn't talk about being in a stable. It doesn't talk about none of that. It's just very simple. So we go through this. I want you guys to think about that. What you've grown up to believe about what you've been preached about Jesus, what you've been preached about this story, versus what is actually coming directly out of the Bible. There's a difference. Everybody think about it. When people talk about the birth of Jesus, it was in a stable, it was cold, no innkeepers would take them in in Bethlehem. Well, where did that come from? Where did that story come from? 
That's not in here. There's nothing about an inn. There's nothing about him being born in a stable. It doesn't say that. Who did that? Who twisted the word of God? It's misleading to people. So, there you have it, you guys. Chapter 1 and 2. I broke some, down some stuff. It's just the beginning. Tomorrow we'll start in chapter 3. You guys, it's Tuesday. I don't even know what challenge to think right now. I'm really just kind of a mind blank. I want you guys to wrap your mind around what you've been preached to about the birth of Jesus versus what I just read you. This is where I've learned in my journey with God. I can't rely on other people to preach the word to me. I had to go to the source myself. I had to start reading it. I had to start asking God to read it with me. That's how I get watered with the word. I have to, this is, I have to have this. And once I started reading it, I started realizing there was conflicting things. What I was raised to believe is not what's really going on in here. Man adds things to change the word of God. Man has added things. And it's misleading. It will mislead you. It's irritating. So I want you to really think about that. So I love you guys. It's a Tuesday. I hope you have a beautiful day. Tonight is official full moon. Hopefully I just sleep all night. So I love you guys. And God bless.